Podcast number 189. This week, my guest is George Russell, and this edition of the Even Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, your premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America, helping people grow. Tractor Zoom delivering insights and dry shot boots, the official work boot of the Moving Iron Podcast. George, how are you doing today? Casey, I'm wonderful. Good deal, uh, man. Thanks for going real well. That's good. That's good. Well, George, why don't you before we get too far down the road here, uh, what we're going to talk about today, which is one of my favorite subjects, we're going to talk about the washout cycle and kind of what that looks like. But George, why don't you tell people who you are and, and the company you're with and what you're, what you're doing? Casey, I'm the uh, managing member of today of the Machinery Advisors Consortium. We've been in existence for well over 10 years, and we are a group of advisors and coaches to equipment dealers. Our, our tagline is uh, coaching uh, dealers to peak performance. It's a group of professionals. And uh, I've had an experience, uh, in, I've been in the machinery business almost all my life, starting when my dad was a John Deere dealership. And uh, first tractor I drove was a John Deere A when I was five years old, because with a hand clutch, I could handle it as a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started working uh, for machinery companies after college, International Harvester, Case, IH, CNH. I left CNH in 2006 at the vice president level of sales and marketing. And uh, I've been working with dealers uh, ever since. And I had a previous time when I had my own dealership for a little bit, selling computers to uh, farmers here in Vermont, where uh, uh, we have an eighth generation farm. I am fulfilled today by working with a group of professionals and helping dealers improve. I have uh, several dealer groups in the ag business and some in the construction equipment business. Uh, Some dealers would know me from the big dealer report that is now in its 10th year. And the reason that uh, I started doing that was to identify as the consolidation was happening in our business, some of the uh, dynamics uh, with consolidation and some of the needs as dealers grow to help improve their businesses, which of course, uh, ties back to the advising and the coaching that we do at Mac. I'm real interested in uh, this subject about used equipment business because I believe it's fundamental. This recent Dealership Mind Summit uh, leading a panel on uh, used equipment in the washout cycle. I posed the question that, uh, is this a used equipment business? If we looked at things through that business, would that uh, help us look at the total business? So I'm... uh, uh, Lots of folks know me in the business. Lots of people don't. And uh, looking forward to you know getting to know you better, Casey, and uh, offering some value here. No, nah, man, I'm looking forward to it, George. And and I was uh, I was uh, listening to uh, to the to your Dealer Mind Summit roundtable there. John Hawkins is a good friend of mine. He's on there, and and uh, anytime I get a chance to listen to what he has to say, I I make sure I chime in for that because uh, quite frankly, John is a Smart fellow, and I, I enjoy uh, visiting with him. But so it was uh, a lot of good information came out of that roundtable. Yeah, it was it was uh, great to get to know you. You've established such a good name in this business with used equipment that uh, Kim Schmidt at uh, Lesseter's 
suggested I reach out to you and I've always wanted to pick up the phone and talk to you and it's great to have established that and thank you for suggesting John and some other people that was that was real helpful well, I appreciate that man and it was uh that whole the whole dealer mind summit it was a, a lot of good stuff coming out of that too bad we the networking aspect of it that I like so much we had to had to skip because of the COVID-19 crisis that we're in right now but the uh the, the rest of the information that came for that was pretty well and you know as we talk about that these online zoom type um skype type meetings are, are gaining some foothold in the industry that i think a lot of people thought they would never be able to do but lo and behold it's uh it's taken taken a a good foothold and i think people are actually using it now and and uh becoming more reliant on it as uh as the months go forward no question my the dealer groups that i lead right now when we first started out with covid and you know mid to late uh march and we started uh every month on these, well, no more than an hour. And people uh, actually had some trepidation about it, whether or not it'd be worthwhile, whether they can handle it, but it, it, it's exceeding people's expectations, this, this medium uh, in terms of being able to do this. And now we're on a cadence of every month and we're getting really focused and people are getting more used to it. And uh, it, you know, it's a different way of doing business, but it may be a part of our business going forward, if not the way to connect when you it reduces the what I call the tyranny of distance. We can get together right now without having to drive a long right. ways. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, all right. So let's let's uh, let's talk about the washout cycle. It's my uh, I got two topics in this business that I love to talk about. One is autonomy and and automation and what that looks like in the future and how soon are we going to have drone cars and and tractors and sprayers and all that fun stuff running around the outside and the and the other side of that is the washout cycle. And to me, that is, uh, I always, somebody asked me the other day, like, how would you describe the washout cycle in your business? And I say, it's the, it's your best friend that ne never lies to you. And no matter how uh, dismal the truth is, it's, it's always going to tell you the truth. And uh, you can listen to it or not, but trust me, it's right. So um, when you look at the washout cycle and, and the dealers that you work with and and the uh, OEM that you work with and those kind of things, when you sit back and take a look at it, how would you best describe to somebody what the washout cycle is? Well, uh, before we get there, I think it's important to, uh, that in my experience to know that a lot of people don't know what the washout cycle is and don't know its significance. I am, I am surprised by that, that uh, uh, and it's spotty. Going around the continent, uh, all over, there are places where there are sales reps being paid uh, because of the washout cycle. So that, of course, in those dealers is fundamental that they don't get their entire pay until the, the deal washes out. But there are other places where people don't know what the washout cycle is, and, in, and, they, and they've actually got a report within their dealer business system. And when we start talking about it, they say, pull up your uh, washout report. Let's go through that and we'll explain it and uh, because they've never done it before. So I think uh, the, that, that in that context that there is a need that you are fulfilling in terms, in, in terms of helping people to understand what it is and why it's important. Well, thank you. So, I think – I mean <clears throat> Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. To me, I'm, I'm right there with you. Washout cycle is it, – it's – it's the one thing you can pull all the reports you want to and graph this and pie chart that and everything else. But if you understand, truly understand what it means to, to wash something out and, and what that entire process looks like, there's, there's nothing that it can't tell you. 
right? He can yep. tell you customers that are going to buy that stuff, how often those used customers are coming back to the table. It'll tell you whose stuff sells the fastest and whose stuff sells the slowest. Um, there's a preconceived notion I think a lot of folks have that, you know, if we uh, do this with this customer, then we got to do this with that. And, and there's this idea of stretching this out along the, the washout cycle to speed things up or slow things down and those kind of things. And I think there is, it is such an intrinsic um, amount of information that comes out of that, that you can, from a whole good side of the, of the uh, equation, there's, there's so much there that you can, you can absolutely, absolutely um, step back and say, I know what I'm going to do this year. I know based on the variable of how much new I'm going to sell, or what my perception of new I'm going to sell is, what is the, what's the back end pressure look like? And Yep. I, I'm I'm not one of those people that sit here and say that selling new is evil because it's not. You have to sell new because, especially in in working with dealers, you see this all the time. the The strongest dealer groups are the ones that have the the largest um, parts and service business, which is the machine right. population they put out there, and that you don't. No one makes used equipment anymore, so they have That's to sell right. a new one to make that thing come used. So. Uh, it, it shows that whole picture for you too. Even the washout even goes to the parking service side of the business. Yeah. So uh, you, know, the, you know, there's absolutely that connection, and that you know what what uh, John uh, uh, Hawkins helped out at the dealership mind summit made a distinction which was real excellent between the washout cycle and the new to use cascade, which is a term that mm-hmm. I use in this good to great dealership flywheel. Uh, that um, transactional nature of the washout analysis, which is say, you know, how to sell the new, you got to sell a new, like you say, and then it has cascades all the way down to, to use your term, uh, no cash trades, uh, at, you know, when you get to that point, um, that, that is a, uh, something that's transactional to that, to that deal. And that's to me, the important thing to, help communicate to someone that doesn't know know and appreciate the value is that yeah I make I think I'm making good money on the new but unless I understand what I've got tied up in the used and how many trades it takes to ultimately get my cash out of this deal that I paid and so I'm actually making money there's a time to mention that there is a assets that are tied up and not being used to something not something else that is that is its value in terms of what's the value on this deal, this new equipment deal. Yep. And and the the issue that I often encounter is that many sales reps and some sales managers, dealer principals are so focused on the new equipment, market share reasons, or just because we all like machinery, otherwise we wouldn't be here. Right. They they get too focused on the new and not enough in terms of the used equipment. So you absolutely have to have the new, get the population out there, and then uh, take advantage of it, and then make make and know whether or not you're making money on that first deal or not. The implication, though, that you're talking about, about how that then leads to uh, the parts and service business and absorption and how important that is, is also part of the explanation about why it's important. Uh, it also helps understand to explain the concept in that there's going to be a lot of opportunities for 
as the transactions made in the second trade, third trade, fourth trade, is what is the implications to the parts and service business in the transaction as well as the machines operating in the field and breaking down. Yep. You know, the reconditioning expense and all that connection to the parts and service uh, departments as well. So yep. in the explanation that I do about washout, I, I, I start with, are you making money on the first deal? And how do you know until you've washed it out? But what are the other steps along the way? And, and uh, explain why that's important too. Yep. No, I think that's, uh, that's, that's, that's the one thing too that I would, I would echo there. Um, when you step back and look at um, sales planning, right? So I do this with mine. I'll step back and we'll look and say, okay, we know how many combines we've gotten. I always use combines because we have so many combines, but it's combines combines are, are something we take a look at. And looking at see what we have in, in inventory, I can I can I start going through those machines based on kind of the year range or hour range or something along those lines and, and start trying to decipher how many more used combines I'm going to be putting back into my area or what am I going to be doing with them? You know, am I taking them? Do I need to auction a few? Do I need to wholesale a few out? Do I need to, you know, look outside of our area of responsibility to move some of these things? And I can start painting a picture of what's possible in my area, you know, and then some of the sales things that we run into is the overwhelming majority of the sales guys you talk to feel like they're, they're every person that they need to talk to in the territory, they've got them covered, right? They've, everybody's good. And you start kind of going through their call list and looking at customers out there and when they've called on things and EDA data and these different stuff, you, you realize pretty quick that not everybody's getting called on. And now you have an ability to, to take some, um, a, a used piece of equipment out to that person now and, and, and see if you can't push that, you know, that, that timeline a little sooner um, and, co- and decrease that cost to hold and what that looks like. The other thing, too, about the washout that I've noticed that I've really seen is that it's uh, it speeds up and slows down. I didn't, until I really started paying attention to the to the time frame, there's, there's a certain time frame in there for each each of the, the step down or the cascade down that, that you look at. And, and uh, it's not necessarily the first one that's the most expensive. It might be the the uh, the third or fourth one down the line, just because you're starting to run into actual number of customers that that are looking to buy that piece of equipment, and in today's world, 12, 13, and 14 model machines kind of make up that that base of the of the washout cycle, and there's not a lot of people looking to to buy those just because of how the trade cycles worked over the last five to seven years, depending on how long they've had that piece of equipment, and we're starting to see that's where the slowdown's at. So. How, how, what are we doing to move that through the washout cycle? What customers are we looking at there and, and, and starting to make a plan better now that we've kind of isolated where the, where the, the bottleneck is in the washout cycle to, to get to that cash note trade? Yeah. Well, I, I actually have a, uh, an example I use <coughs> in the uh, coaching programs I have with dealers, and, it, and it's based on an actual dealer's washout report. It's for a combine, and uh, you can appreciate this. It, this is a this is it, this, the report started in uh, in December, so the combine came in after the season. It was the next year's model combine, and there were three trades done before the end of December. So it came in early December, got PDI'd, second trade, third trade. So what does that tell you? The guy did a pre-sell uh, of the used. He knew where that 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 new buyer's machine was going, so he could turn it around real fast and get to that third trade. 
the next next trade got it was uh, which was now the the third used piece was in March, and then the next one was the next August. So he had washed out within a year, and there were different years combines, you know, because combines are you know, known by their by their years and their season of use, and uh, you could see step down in the age of and model numbers uh, that there were different buyers for the older older machines, you know, the ones that are eight, 10 years old, that's a different buyer. Do you know who they are? And, and uh, lots of folks don't. Lots of people uh, are focusing on that new buyer, first trade, second trade, may not know where the third and fourth trade is going. And that has a lot of implications for your marketing program, especially knowing who all the people are in your area. And so that, you know, that, that leads to driving what you're some of the things that you need to be doing as a dealership. One of the best practices is a sales blitz. You put, you flood the zone in terms of one dealer's trade area and all the reps for in the, in the dealership for a week, they spend all their time going down every road, every lane in that one drip reps area to make sure they're calling on, on all the people in that area. And, and invariably, inevitably, every, every time people say either from the, Sales rep side, there were people there and opportunities I didn't realize existed just because I never called on that guy. Or you have a customer that says, you know, nobody from your dealership has called on me in 15 years. And this is the first time everybody's, anybody's ever come there. And, and typically those are those third and fourth buyers. Yep. So this, this whole idea of the washout analysis and, and understanding what you just talked about, the timing of different deals drives your strategy in terms of marketing and sales. Yep. So I've done some, just some real basic kind of stuff for some illustrations for a few of few speeches I've put together, and and typically um, from what I've talked with other dealers and myself and those kind of things, but typically a combine is about a nine month, um, anywhere from six to nine months to hold that machine before you sell it, and unless you have a like your your example where the guy had a pretty good plan in place that he knew where stuff was going to go. If you're just trading for it and then waiting, kind of cultivating it and see what happened it's usually six to nine months and and i ran through that and did some different calculations and if you sold 50 new combines um it was going to cost you i can't remember the number off the top of my head but it was it was several million dollars worth of worth of holding cost not necessarily cost of money but you know depreciation and lot rot and those kind of things that all play into that and it was it's a significant amount of money that comes into play and and i think um when you look at used equipment and how you price things um, you have to take account cost of money in in what your your quote unquote margin expectation is going to be and and once you figure that in and what that looks like in today's marketplace, you could spend fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars pretty easy every month on just just interest holding costs on on the price of some of these used pieces of equipment so if you put ten thousand dollars worth of margin in there and cost you $1,500 a month to keep a piece in there. It doesn't take too long for your $10,000 to go away pretty quick when you actually go out and sell it. And I think that is one of the biggest misconceptions about the equipment business and, and how to use that washout cycle when it comes to pricing. Or, I don't know if even pricing used equipment is not right, but what your, what your um, ex margin expectation should be. That's right. That's absolutely right. You, you and I had a conversation as a result of that dealership mind summits about what you factor in for the, the cost of money. You know, and that could be a half percent a, a month, but there are lots of other costs as well, and uh, that are you know lot rot, moving stuff around, inventorying it. There's also 
because cash is king in our business. Mm-hmm. Where, where else can I use cash that's tied up in that used and use it somewhere else? And I like to use the example in the, in the parts business because it's a little easier, but it, uh, but it makes the point on used equipment as well. If you're trying to get, let's just say, a, 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 a 35% parts margin, that's pretty healthy, but just to do cowboy math, uh, if you're going to, uh, and I ask parts managers this for every, uh, if you've got a hundred dollar part on the shelf and it's going to sit there for one month, what's the cost of that part sitting on the shelf? hundred dollar part. And di- people ask different, different, uh, throughout different numbers, but it's, it's, uh, it comes down to it's 2% a month for that part sitting on the shelf. And that means for a year, that's 24%. Right. That means if you've got a 35% margin expectation by part, if that part's going to sit there a year, you're only going to make 25%. Right. The same thing can apply to unused equipment. And I think that, uh, you know, there's the cost of money for sure, and, and money's pretty cheap right now, but there are a lot of other costs. And I think it, it from mindset, it'd be better to figure 2% a month on that, use piece and multiply that and factor that into your pricing yep no i think you're you're exactly right when you look at uh when i look at margins and what what our expectations are that's the the top of mind thing for me is how how long are we going to keep this piece here and you know going back to what i said earlier about seeing where the, the speed up and the slowdown is in the washout cycle um makes a big difference in, in how we price that machine another thing too is taking in to consideration what the uh, what the machine is is when it comes to, to reconditioning and I've kind of throw this a B C D um, kind of approach to used equipment um, classification when it comes in and what needs what when because especially when you're talking about combines some of these older combines that are eight nine years old you can start on one end and go all the way through it to the other end and and you can make it a brand new combine but at the end of the day do you really need to do that to sell the piece? And nine times out of ten, the answer is no. The person buying that's going to do a lot of their own work. You can sell those with, uh, you know, I'm going to give you X number of dollars worth of uh, parts and service business that you can kind of like a gift card approach and, and kind of what you're going to do there. So that, that to me, washout cycle tells me all that stuff. And I'm more concerned about how long it's going to take me to hold it than whether it's not, as long as I do the, the proper evaluation of, of uh from the shop as far as what what the equipment needs absolutely needs to to go back to the field next i feel like you can negotiate around that pretty well and 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 focus on your cost to hold more than i got to spend 20 grand on a combine to go sell it which i don't know that's necessarily true yeah in fact uh, i think i've heard dealers say this that one of the things for those those older machines they'll actually uh they won't they won't commit to recondition it, but they will get a good evaluation from their service department of what it'll take to either you know make it through the next season mm-hmm. or last several seasons, and they'll actually put that quote uh, you know with the machine. Yeah, and that's part of the dickering process with the customers. It says you can either take this and do this work yourself, and here's the type of things we think it needs, or we'll bring it into our shop. If you want, if you if you buy it, and we'll fix it up, and here's the price tag, and that's that's figured into the deal. So you leave the option to the customer, but you don't put your money into it until uh, at that point. Yep. You leave it up to the customer. Yep, I totally agree with that philosophy. That's uh, that philosophy makes most sense. Now the the other 
object of that is is you know a lot of folks don't wait uh, or wait till the last minute to come in and buy something and you know you make sure you got to have some stuff set in place but I think from a dealership perspective and working with the customers that you're calling on and those kind of things um, you, you should be able to to kind of get those things fixed through the shop as, as you need to get them fixed if, if you have a, a good plan in place for the piece of equipment that you're that you're got that you're looking out in your lot and, and what that looks like so I think there's a again said it a million times the washout cycle will, will tell you everything that you want to that you want to know uh, good bad and ugly so if you just pay attention to what's going on there you'll you'll learn a lot about your business and your customers as well let me ask you a question going right back to the to your starting of this uh you asked me you know about the explanation of the washout cycle and i kind of took it to there's a lot of folks that uh either don't know it or don't appreciate what it can do for them and uh You've obviously uh, really made a good effort to explain this. What what is why, from your standpoint, don't more people appreciate what it washout is and its value? What is what is the root cause of people uh, not really using this? I think it's more of just an understanding of really understanding what it is. I don't know that that I think everybody. If I went and asked somebody, you know, if I if I saw if you sold fifty new combines, how many? Use combine did you get it from that? I feel like most people come back with a number. You know, they're going to come back with you know, 400 or, you know, 100 or whatever the number is they come back with. Um, I don't know where they get that number out from most of the time, and I don't know that they know where they get that number at either. But when you uh, step back and, and really start to analyze what's going on, um, in, in today's world, uh, with the way the, the dealerships have – have uh, consolidated. Um, there, there becomes a point in time when you need to have someone in there that that is actually managing just the the everyday ebbs and flows of the used equipment business, and, and also your inventory and what that looks like. Um, I think if you're a, a sales manager and the used equipment manager, um, your day today is making deals happen, and not uh, you just don't have time to sit back and analyze uh, what's going on. In, in the washout cycle or, or trends that you see developing in your inventories or those kind of things. I think it's just uh, it, the biggest drawback might just be the person that just focuses on that. I, I didn't, I stumbled upon it because that was my job um, for the longest time was I, I was an internet sales guy for a long time and then I took another position. And when I got to that position, my job was to manage the used equipment and manage the the inventory and manage what we had going on as far as the overarching kind of umbrella of, of what we have as far as our used equipment goes. And that's when I started to discover what was what the washout cycle was and and, and truly understanding the, what was going on there. And um, I don't think it's anything because people just don't know what it is. Um, I think it's more of it's just having that person that can focus on it and, and, and understand and spend the time to research it and, and grow it because – when I print that thing out of PFW, that's our that's our yep. business system. It is, I bet it's it's a ream, it's a half a ream of paper, and you can't dump it into Excel. You can't. I mean, may, maybe you can. I haven't figured out how to do it yet. But I got to go through each individual piece of paper and look at what's going on, do the calculations with a cal, you know a little calculator in hand, and kind of see what's happening there. But it's a it's a very manual process, and it's a very uh, it's a very uh, time consuming process. And if you're focused on 
making deals happen and making trades happen and working with sales guys and those kind of things, you probably just don't have time to do it. And I think that's that that to me is probably the biggest reason why it's taken. That's why we're seeing this big surge in this industry right now of getting the used equipment manager and, and doing that, moving that, that focus into that, into that position. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, I think, and I, and we've been talking a lot about combines and big dealers. Yeah. I actually think there's a lots of value with smaller dealers and other pieces of equipment like tractors to actually mm-hmm. look at that as well. Cause the combines, uh, and the, with the seasonal nature of it and the role programs and other things, you know, there's a lot of dollars tied up in that. And so you have to get there. But I think their value in uh, in in other deals that people don't appreciate, and so I think helping uh, taking a report if it's in your business system or conceptually pulling pulling some numbers out if, it, if it's manual to actually walk through a deal, and if it's a you know a, a new tractor that's sold, but you get some other traits, and the guy's taking in a grinder mixer or a brilliant or something else that's part of that trade in down there and they realize what they've got tied up in they sometimes don't realize all those other things that get traded in that the second or third buyers have and that that's part of that deal as well so uh it's 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 more it's important and vital in uh combines but it's as important to understand for other machines as well what where you've got it tied up when you actually wash out of a deal yep and i think the reports the business systems are getting smarter and smarter to help you do that and again there's a lots of people that don't realize they have that report and i've i've uh, really uh like to see the lights come on when you have a, a guy pull out one of his reports and you say just give me a deal that you've done in the last six months let's let's walk you through that and see where you stand on it right now and mm-hmm. uh, that's instructive to do i also think that Helping a sales manager uh, educate his sales reps on that as well. It's an educational process, which is why your podcast is important and some of the uh, graphs you have. But helping a a sales rep understand um, the washout cycle as well, because then they'll go figure out how to do the third or fourth one, provided you've, you've educated them in and you've got a compensation system. And I guess that's another thing that I see there in some some places, there uh, there's a holdback uh, until the deal is truly washed out, and that that helps focus the sales reps' attention when they're not getting their full commission until that's done. So I think those are ways people ought to look at this to help the educational and you know the money money talks there to get people's attention. Yep, yeah, I'm. I'm uh... When it comes to holdbacks, I'm I'm sometimes I I'm not the the biggest fan of them, but I think it's an accountability thing, and I think if you hold people accountable for, to what they're doing, um, especially when it comes to the sales side of it, um, it you know we should, if you can't if you can't think of three or four people that you're going to go talk to about that piece of equipment, or even one for that matter, off of, and and have a really good reason why you're going to talk to them. I don't know why you're trading for it. To be honest with you, I mean, it, it's we're trying to figure out how you're going to book it in there so that you can you can have some time to set on it. You know, I think it's uh, knowing that plan, what you're going to do. Again, back to the washout cycle. I can pull the washout cycle and I can look at every customer when they're buying, who whose machine they're buying, and how often they're buying it, and when they're coming back in, how often they're coming back in, 
where they're coming back in, what hour range are they coming into, and I can start targeting customers just from that. And those are those are existing customers that I see, you know, that pattern year in and year out type of thing. And then you kind of go back in and start looking at your, um, you know, what customers are you calling on, what customers aren't you calling on. Next thing you know, you've got a pretty good sales plan put together and what right. that looks like. So I think there is a uh, – Sales is one of those things that's you know it's a what have you done for me lately type of type of career, and uh, you might you can go out and have a great month, and if your next two months are horrible, you're on the bubble, you know. So it's it's a uh, you got to keep the keep the pipeline full and churning, and I think this this is an easy way for for people to. It's not easy to get there. It takes a lot of work to understand what's going on in your dealership, based on those reports. But once you get there and understand it, you're really going to make the sales cycle pretty simple. Yeah, that uh, you use the word accountability, and I've yep. got some dealer clients, and uh, they're so frustrated because they've got used equipment that needs homes, and they just can't get the accountability for sales reps to focus on going selling that. The dealership needs to do that. Yep. Dealership needs to get the sold, and the and the guy that traded in has a huge accountability. But what 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 other things? What other sales reps can help sell that piece of used equipment? Yeah. In uh, those, so there's some other other approaches in a dealership that uh, the education about washout can help uh, dealers uh, try to get some uh, movement with uh, one guy selling another guy's used, mm-hmm. rather than than a guy just selling trading it in and then forgetting it and going on to the next next piece. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a lot rot. Yeah, and that's when you start looking at the overarching, like how how are you getting that information out to your guys? I mean. Got forty whatever many sales guys I've got, and you know one combine one combine comes comes in, and, and we get ready to go out and trade that, and you know hopefully there's there's forty people looking at that trying to figure out how who they can sell it to because they're all trying to I mean it's it's commission based job, so they're trying to figure out how to make all that work. So it's a it's a fun game back and forth for sure, for sure. Yeah, this uh, is compensation on washed out is a lot more complicated, which a lot like why a lot of folks don't do it. Mm-hmm. They'd rather it make make it simple with the commission up front. So it's not it's not for everyone, and if you're going to step into that, you gotta you gotta think through the implications. But there are dealers that it's part of their culture, and they're successful at it. Right on. So there's there's a lesson there. Yep, absolutely. Well, good stuff, George. I'm I'm glad you came on the podcast. Give us a chance to talk about uh, about one of my favorite subjects, and uh, working with a uh, talking with a guy like you that's been. Uh, has a lot of different dealers that he works with and sees a lot of different things. It's a a good perspective. So I appreciate you being on the podcast. Glad to be here and uh, look forward to adding any value I can, Casey. Thank you so much. If folks wanted to reach out to you and, and uh, get some information about about uh, what, you, what you're doing over there, what's the best way to people to do that? So if you go to our website, machineryadvisors.org, machineryadvisors.org, you can see the other advisors within MAC, and you can see our contact information and the different variety of uh, skills and uh value that uh, we can bring to equipment dealers right on well thanks a lot man i appreciate you being on the podcast i'm casey seaman with moving iron podcast make sure you check me out on facebook twitter and instagram to get all the latest podcasts when they drop also check out movingironllc.com for all the latest blogs that i write and uh, check out uh, global ag network and all the great podcasters out there as well so for george i am casey seymour let's go move some iron folks out in the 21st century Hard-working people Working hard for you and me 
Move.